start. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Storytime with Dave. I am your host, Dave. This episode is brought to you by the Council on Foreign Relations. It's me, the Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> Thanks for your patronage. We're going to talk about the Council on Foreign Relations later because there's something that people should know about this, but I'm going to tell them about that a little later. This is not... I don't have a guest on the podcast. So, <laughs> you know... My audience is familiar with my rules. There's no guests allowed. We tried having guests and all it did was just detract from the overall product. You know what I mean? Because why do people listen to this podcast? For me. So if there's someone else on the podcast, it just takes away from me. But we do have allow co-hosts on the podcast. So you're a co-host. I like that a lot. This is Lauren. Hi, it's me, the Council on Foreign Relations. <laughs> this is like basically multiple reasons first of all we were just having nice conversations and we were like this would be good if it was recorded so not not the standard episodes that we've been doing recently but like i said that portion of it will be at the end because i'm too dumb to participate no because it would just be me reading an article and you'd just be sitting there well yeah can you bring up the article you want to be like jamie i can jamie for you jamie for me later when yeah. we do that part. yeah I'll jamie for, for you. now we'll just talk because we were talking about trolling and stuff on the internet. Yeah. I love talking about that. I have fun talking about that. Me too. Um, <clears throat> but I forget. I was going to say something, but I forget. But anyway, let's just continue what we were talking about, and the audience will appreciate it. Well, we were talking about our, uh, our most harsh battles, trolling battles and internet debates from the past. Um, I was talking about how... Uh, when I was a student at Rutgers, I brought a guest uh, who was considered at the time like kind of an alt-right figure. And a firebrand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely that. But also, like, it was kind of at the beginning of alt-right, like, in general. Like, people didn't really know what alt-right meant or who was considered alt-right. So I, like, didn't really understand kind of, like, the label or, like, the implications of, like, bringing someone into into the campus like that. And uh, regardless, I believe that I, I did the right thing by giving someone a, a voice who had, like, something funny to say. But then people kind of used uh, my program and the guest that I brought to bring in uh, Milo Yiannopoulos with a different organization and they kind of like oh they blamed did it. bring milo they brought him yeah yeah oh, people protested what year was this? like 2016 okay yeah it was either because my event was december of 2016 mm -hmm. um no it was december 2015 and then milo was either that month or like the very next month in the, in the next year so you set the precedent for Nazis people, to be allowed People believe that I set a precedent, and I was like, look, first of all, I don't even know what alt-right means. I was 19. So that was the first time you dealt with an online firestorm. Yeah, people were coming at me and telling me, it's your fault that this person was platformed putting, like, fellow students in danger. And I was like, first of all, I'm not even part of the organization that is programming that event. Uh, number two, my, my guest and Milo didn't even know each other. 
Like it was just, it was so far removed and people were just kind of like piling onto me and it was kind of crazy. And I had to defend my honor a little bit on Facebook and it's very like cringy and embarrassing in hindsight uh, because like getting involved with argument or getting involved in arguments with people who just like don't know you or know the context, like having to explain yourself to people is just so dumb and such a waste of time, at least to me. So, um, but like when it comes to like people giving you a hard time on the internet, people piling on. I was like definitely mini canceled yeah. at Rutgers for that whole, for that whole situation. But thankfully like no one, well, I guess until people hear this, wouldn't that be funny if they were like, oh yeah, you're the, you're the girl who brought the Nazi to Rutgers. I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't know. I'm yeah, sorry. you're a Nazi enabler, which is even worse than a Nazi sympathizer. No, I'm Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> You know, well, also speaking of Nazis, we are going to do a deep dive into the Jewish conspiracy, which I've been doing, but I'm still a white belt. So has Whoopi Goldberg, apparently. Yeah, I know. Whoopi's woke, though. Whoopi gets it. This is the smartest thing Whoopi said in a long time. I mean, her last name's Goldberg. That's true. That must be a stage name, right? Has to be. Yeah, use what you can. There's no way. I don't know, Whoopi, but that that was like, regardless, I didn't hear what she said specifically, but I heard you kind of paraphrase what she said, and I kind of found myself nodding along with what you were saying. Do you want me to Jamie it for you? Do you, do you mind Jamie yeah, it Yeah, I'll me? Jamie it for you. Yeah, if you don't mind bringing that up, because for those who don't know, Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended from The View for two weeks. If you don't know what The View is, then you count your lucky stars, you know what I mean? But they're honestly funny clips like well actually i did a clip like two or three episodes ago from the view it's just women screeching at each other about how people are dying that's basically what it's become and then they have on one token person to take their anger out on and um usually that's megan mccain it was it was in the past but i don't think they have her on anymore but then they replaced her with like a hotter woman and now they got rid of her too Elizabeth Hasselbeck. No, she is a horrible name, a horrible, horrible name. I remember saying how how bad I felt for her for the name, but that it, she the Hispanic slash Latina lady. I don't know, but she's there like. There've been so many iterations of that cast, like recently. I know. I wish I could remember years. her name because she had the ugliest name, but she luckily was attractive, sure. or she is attractive, because if whoops. If um, she was ugly too and had the ugly name, then I would feel extra bad. Have you found it yet? I'm dying to know who you're talking about. Are you Jamieing? I I Jamied you. Yeah, I got it. So the New York Times very succinctly um, headlined it like this. Whoopi Goldberg is suspended for two weeks after saying Holocaust was, quote, not about race. Well, are Jews white? I mean, this is the point. Like, we've talked about this before. Jews will try to hide behind the fact that they're not white to try to act like they understand black people better. I mean, do you think Jews are not white? Jews are white. Right. Yeah. Okay. But Jews don't think Jews are white. Jews think they're their own race. Do you think you're white? Yes. Do you think that there's a claim, like a roundabout claim that Jews aren't, white like oh there's claims no but i mean like any good ones like oh that you know what i'm saying like yeah they'll any say that solid claims that i they will claim that we're a race 
Uh-huh. And only in the case of maybe a Hasidic Jew would I kind of see a slight comparison because black people will always say, well, Jews can't understand what it's like to be black because you can't, you're always black. You can't, like, you can hide your Judaism, but you can't hide being black. But if you're a Hasidic Jew, you can't hide that either. Wait, so this is, this is going, going, uh, continuing on. Do we says, have a quote? Yeah. So it, uh, the New York Times, or who, who wrote this? Uh, is it Jenny, a Jew? Jenny Gross. Oh, that might be Jewish. And Neil... Isn't that a conflict of interest? Neil Vigdor. Oh, come on. Two ugly people, bad names. So perfect. Uh, New York Times staff. Wouldn't you want a Gentile to write that one? I don't want Gentiles to write anything. You can only trust Jewish writing. You sound but, a lot like the... What, the, you? The Torah. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> I get continue, that a lot. Though. Yeah, so they write... Uh, in the episode, Ms. Goldberg which is a funny way of saying her name, um, said the Holocaust was about, quote, man's inhumanity, <laughs> uh, quote, man's inhumanity to man and not about race, end quote. When one of her co-hosts challenged that assertion, saying the Holocaust was driven by white supremacy, Ms. Goldberg said, quote, but these are two white groups of people. Yeah. End quote. And then she added, quote, this is white people doing it to white people, yeah. so y'all going to fight amongst yourselves. End quote. And then it goes on. She continued to speak. Music came on, indicating a commercial break. <laughs> well, this is like what I don't understand. It's like, what's wrong about what she's saying? I don't think that... It was, mean, a, isn't am the, I wasn't too it dumb religious? to see that? Wasn't it religious? This is based on, wasn't it based on religion? Yeah, but then people, like I said before, people bring up the argument that uh, the Nazis were trying to uh, establish a master race and that the extermination of Jews was necessary in order to purify whatever those efforts were. Like, so I think... Like, in, if you're going to be telling, like, the truth, like, if you were... They didn't even want to exterminate at first. Let's also point that out. They just wanted them to be out of Germany. Is that true? Yes. Hidden history. Cool. You won't find that in a textbook. But actually... No, you won't. There was a period of time where Hitler was sending them, you know, he was having them... Um, I don't want to make it seem like he was sending that. Like he was, it was kind of like a mutual exile agreement. <laughs> Hitler was like, "We will give you your assets in Israel," and the Jews were going to Israel, assets intact. Psych, bitch. The German government was cooperating with them. There was actually a period of cooperation for several years between like 1933 and 1939. So Whoopi probably knows that. I'm guessing Whoopi knows that. Black people are more attuned to this kind of information than white people are. I mean, it's like when you talk about, you know, the honorable brother, Louis Farrakhan, probably knows about this. A lot of people know, look, we're going to do this a different episode. We're going to do this a different episode, and that one's going to have lots of disclaimers and stuff. But I don't like doing disclaimers, and I don't like qualifying what I'm about to say because that really bothers me when other Clearly people do Clearly you do that. because you just brought that up on your own account. I know, like, but it's like when people go... Let me finish. When people go like, hey, these these masks, 
Well, actually, let me say first, look, I know people have died. I know a lot of people are dying. I know this is a really terrible disease. I know this is this. I know this is this. I know this is this. But these masks are stupid. I'm like, just say the masks are stupid. Just say what you think. You don't have to qualify everything. Now, what I'm going to say about Jewish, look, it's going to be really like that might require even it would be uncharacteristic of me to qualify something before I say it, this might require it for a lot of reasons. Do you know what I mean? I because feel like it's I, not great. you qualify things in front of me because I challenge you a lot, and I think you're used to just making claims. I don't, I don't, I, say, even, I don't think wait, I qualify what? things in front of you very much. I think you do. Actually, I know you do. Well, no, see, that's, that's not true. I guess it depends what we're talking about. But I'm pretty brazen in my, in my speech. For better or worse. Yeah, I guess. I'm just saying I don't like the whole qualification thing. No, just say it. You yeah, don't have no, to say I, we're really... We get it. Yeah. Especially saying things that are established like we understand. Right. People are dying. You don't need to right. qualify what you're saying. The Holocaust was a racial issue. People Period. still say Full these stop. things. Full stop. Yeah. Full stop. <laughs> it had nothing to do with religion. It yeah. had nothing to do with religion. It only had to do with racial... See, like, master... But that's just because Hitler said they wanted a master race. You know... Hitler was a psyop too, and he might have been a Jewish puppet of the Rothschild family, but that, again, will probably be on the, some of the Jewish episodes. I should do a whole series Jewish on that. episodes? I should do a whole series on that called The Jewish Files or something like that. Great. Yeah. Because there's a lot. There's a lot there. Anyway, we've gotten off track entirely. Yeah. What we want to get back to is, like, do you, do you argue with people on the internet anymore? Are you kind of done with it? You felt like you had to defend your honor. I want to say this. You had felt like you had to defend your honor online because mm -hmm. you're younger. You said you were 19 yeah. when this was going on. Yeah, so I was 19 and but, I felt like, oh, everyone's making these claims on my Facebook wall, which like at the time, even though it was only, yeah, exactly. It was only like seven years ago or whatever. Even then that was kind of dwindling. Yeah, but it was still like, you know, every day in class I would be on Facebook. Now, like I'm only on Facebook for work. I do social media for work, but. Yeah, it was like people are writing things on my Facebook wall. I'm not going to have like unchallenged, uh, you know, claims of alt-right, um, you know, membership. <laughs> like I'm not fucking, I'm not a fringe. <coughs> I mean, I was fringe, but not like, you know, in a wild conservative way. I definitely was the type of person when I was like 19 to be like, let's listen to let's just listen to Milo, let's just listen to the guests that I invited. And like in, in hindsight, they were kind of just being like provocateurs and like not really offering anything interesting. But I was the target audience at the time, like a 19 year old person who was considering for the first time in her life that maybe like the bleeding heart liberal point of view of like a northern new jersey young person is not like ironclad and that there's like more to life than just like voting blue down the line so i was more susceptible to the ideas but like yeah like you said i didn't want to just have a bunch of people like call me a racist for like an event that i wasn't even putting on myself like it was so dumb but word travels so fast um today I don't use Twitter really because um, it just it just sucks like Twitter just sucks it can be fun though I know but it's not and you're wrong no, you, you, you just feel have to use me it the right do you way. hear me I don't know I didn't I didn't know how to use it until recently 
Twitter's about having fun. Ugh. It's not fun. It's not fun to, like, raise your blood pressure like that. Like, it just, I feel like... You don't. That's the point. You don't raise your blood pressure. You're choosing not to. Yeah, but you're causing... Someone else to. in other people's lives. Just leave the dumb people alone. In a way, you could say you're trying to teach them a lesson. If they're willing to get so worked up about it, that's on them. And a lot of the time, it's like, I might, like, a lot of the things that I say are funny, but a lot of the things that a lot of people say are funny. Like, the, the one of a, my troll, um, what would you call it? Like, role models is definitely troll Michael models. Malice. Yeah, Michael Malice, like, he's not mean. You're my troll model. Thank you. I try to be a lot of people's troll model. And I did, I remember Tim, the, the best breakdown I have of this was when I was on Tim Rager's podcast that I forget the name of his podcast. Do you remember the name of his podcast? Like Teach Tim yeah. Things or something? Yeah. What is it called? Well, yeah, it's, it's Teaching Tim or Tim te- Tim Talks or whatever. Just, I feel like if you look up Tim Rager on YouTube, it'll come up. But yeah. I did a whole breakdown uh, trolling one-on-one on the internet. But that's like, so so I hope that I'm a lot of people's troll models. Yeah. Okay? But, but that's I- like the, the rule of trolling is like if you're mad... This is what I was saying earlier. If you're mad, then you're not trolling. So that's a distinction that people have to understand because everyone goes like, oh, I go on the internet, I I troll, or like, oh, you're just a troll. No, you're just arguing then if you're mad. If you're laughing, you're a troll now. Or at least not getting worked up about it. And there's no other way to do the internet in a healthy way than to not get worked up about what a random person says to you. No, the healthiest thing to do is to not engage. You don't have to participate at all. You're part of this, like, uh, you're part of the whole toxic, and I know toxic is such like a dumb word, but I mean, if you're contributing to those discussions, even in a way where you're totally joking and you're having fun, then it, it like it still looks like to outsiders like, oh wow, what a crazy, stupid cesspool Twitter is. Look at all these morons bickering with each other about nothing, and you're just kind of like perpetuating the just like the garbage, like the like the sewage of the internet. Like you're you are very much part of it and stoking the flames. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, look, I do. Like it's always going to be accessible like that, whether I participate or not. But the other thing is, Twitter does have utility in the sense that, like, I wouldn't have known that Whoopi Goldberg just got suspended for two weeks. Like Twitter for those types of things is very useful. It's also useful if you go to the search column and you want to. That's what they want you to see, so you can keep a tab on what. They want you to see that's the mainstream portion of Twitter. I definitely agree with you on that. 100%. And you can follow good yeah. people who are going to tell you things that you won't hear otherwise. And then while I'm there, I'm like, oh, let me just have a little fun while I'm here. That's just a me thing. I'm just like, I want to have a little fun while I'm here. Yeah. It's and like, it's fine. You're, it's going, like, you're going into a restaurant and you're walking around all the tables and you're like, what are you eating? What are you eating? And then you go up to some dude's spaghetti and you put your finger right in the middle of it and you go, and you, you run away, you go, hee, 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 hee. 
and that's what you do on Twitter. It would only be like that if there were zero consequences for me doing that. That would be the only way that that analogy would work. Like, if no one could do anything about me going up to someone and sticking my finger in their noodles, yeah. <laughs> then maybe I would. Then maybe I would. And I think a lot of people would, and it would be fun. But it's like, I'd be running away giggling. The analogy, too, would have to be like, there would be other people who walk up to people and go, these noodles are al dente, and I don't like al dente, and you shouldn't Shh, be eating them. We are them. in an apartment building. I know, but I get, I'm sorry, I get worked up. I know, but that's your my... whole deal, is Well, then it? we'll have to do these earlier in the day. Well, we? Oh, is that, am I invited? <laughs> am I invited? But, All right, let's um, not get ahead of ourselves here. Well, you said it, not me. But uh, I, I was in a Reddit argument recently, and the only reason... I, I'm even able to recall it is because it's literally the first time I've ever like commented on something like on Reddit. I used to post videos of my dad in the cottage core sub because he used to like teaching people about plants. And like my whole Reddit deal is just like my dad talking about flowers. Very cute. But uh, someone said something about the vaccine and I was going to send you my whole fight with them because I thought that you would be proud of me and I'm you know for people who are listening and don't know me I, I'm vaccinated I'm considering getting the booster she's not she's not fully red-pilled yet but um, we're getting there we made a big leap forward when I showed you event 201 I think that was a big step in the right direction yeah that shit sucks that sucks so bad yeah. in a way that I'm like oh well what even is the point of trying to do my own thing when you know all these people basically just like predetermined my health for the next 10 years in some weird ramada 10 years um that's wishful thank in you in a weird hotel in the in germany or wherever the fuck they were where were they by the way do you remember was i don't remember no the, they were johns hopkins i think they were at johns was hopkins. It, i th- i think it was sponsored by johns hopkins or like produced by johns i'm not hopkins. sure where they were because you're right they, they were international people they might yeah. have been in like a neutral location but I, i'm not sure anyway someone was like you know the this really stupid take of like oh well if you're not vaccinated uh then you should be okay with carrying a card that says you're not vaccinated so that if you want medical <laughs> oh, you me so thing. that if you want medical mm-hmm. attention no we were talking about it but i don't i didn't right. show you what i said um basically people just saying like oh well you shouldn't have a right to medical attention um related to covid if you willingly um refuse to get the, the vaccine, vaccine. so then I, I kind of like went off um, and then I wound up deleting the comments later because I was like, oh, now I'm getting notifications. Now there's like strangers that are mad at me. And like, I don't, it's just like negativity. I don't care what they think about me. They don't know me. They don't know my face. They don't know my deal. But like, also, do I need to be like opening Reddit worried that I'm like still in a fight? Like, I don't know. I'm too anxious to to like be involved in something like that, whether I'm kidding or not. And in this case, I totally wasn't kidding. Yeah. Um, Cause such a bad take, I don't know. Medical gatekeeping, being like, I'm vaccinated and therefore I think that you shouldn't have health care. I think it's- I don't know. I think part of that is like, they've made this decision that's clearly not, they got to be part of an in-group for a while. 
where before they still the, are. Well, before the cat was out of the bag, which it pretty much is at this point, and people are being very resistant to that. So they're like, how can we keep this going? I really don't think the cat's out of the bag. I mean, it, like, there's more info available, and but but those people who are so like pedantic, they're not like looking at the diverse reporting and being like, oh, I'm actually seeing updates to. Well, it bothers them when things this. happen where they go. Okay, when when like things open back up to everyone, they're bothered by it because yeah, they go, yeah. no, 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 I'm vaccinated. Yeah, but it I should had... be open to me. Yeah. And then they're saying, hmm, well, then how can we keep this going? How can I still be more special than other people moving forward? I should pay less for my health care because I took one for the team and I yeah, stepped my reward? up for humanity by, you know, yeah, which would be funny if they viewed it as a sacrifice because that would be kind of conceding that they are in fact dangerous but like if they want to be the heroes that they view themselves as being then they'd also have to concede that the vaccine is dangerous you know what I, I don't mean? think the vaccine is dangerous no but you, to make the argument I mean I think it clearly is but that's on the side and we're not going to get into that right now sure but I'm saying if a person says I did what was asked of me and I'm a hero because I took that vaccine it's kind of implicit that like then they'd be you know what I'm saying it's like kind of then in order to be a hero for doing something wouldn't there have to be some risk, risk. involved yeah that's exactly what I was going to so say so they're acknowledging they're that acknowledging the risk is involved the risk. Yeah. if they want to be the hero completely, completely. but they want to have their cake and eat it too yeah. they want to be like the vaccine is perfectly safe and nothing's going to happen to you and then it's like okay then you're not a hero you just got shot yeah completely and it, yeah. so what praise do you deserve totally yeah, they're admitting it's a self-report. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like, you, I agree that, like, it only adds negativity to internet discourse, but I don't think there's any helping that. But the other thing is, the way I do it is I used to get anxious <laughs> about things like that. It's the notification when I was in an argument with someone and get, like, nervous or get, like, anxious I don't do that anymore because I don't care what they say. It does not matter to me what they but say. It's not even about what they say or what the argument is even about. It's like I'm anxious and almost like borderline feeling guilty just like for for participating because I don't know. It's like something that's just been like really deeply ingrained in my, in my behavior through my parents. They're like pretty much like it just overall like if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all not to that extreme but like basically why add more negativity and complication to your life for no reason and it just seems like getting tangled up in those spats even if you're totally kidding it's like you're still making someone else upset or like you're still just like creating conflict and in like a karmic way that's like not good for your mojo i guess is what i'm saying i guess i mean it depends on the situation like some people deserve even if i get downvoted to oblivion like i think my record for down i never cracked a thousand down votes but i've gotten into hundreds <laughs> dude you know and that's kind of like a badge of honor and like that's getting a crazy. reward people will sometimes you make a comment they hate so much they sip give you a water yes yeah, of water Woo! That's your first one on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Congrats. <laughs> but I, it's like some of these people deserve, like if you go to Herman Cain Award, like I, I, I'm banned from there. I can't make comments there. But Herman Cain Award is, 
a bunch of people celebrating death of their political enemies. Oh, people, unvaccinated yeah. people. And if you look it's at the R distinction, slash Herman Cain award. Herman Cain award because oh, Herman Cain no. didn't get the COVID. No, I know that. I know that. I just and then didn't... he died, and he was like, whatever. He was eighty or something. And it's because he wasn't vaccinated. You know, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, all right, well. So then, in response to that, someone made um, Hank Aaron award because Hank Aaron, again, he was like ninety, but he got the vaccine. He died like a week later. So they made Hank Aaron award, and that's where they posted. But if you looked at the comments. Of Herman Cain Award versus Hank Aaron Award, one of the rules on Hank Aaron Award, and they would delete your comments if you celebrated the death of the person. You weren't allowed to gloat about it. It was specifically for high-profile people who die after they get the vaccine. like Just, just to make it known. Making it known. Yeah, yeah. I get and it. And the, the comments were very civil, usually. It was mostly people being like, I'm sorry to hear that. That's sad. And if you go to Herman Cain Award, people, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you deserve yeah. it. You know what I mean? And the, but this is part of upside down world. And like, this gets into like Luciferian stuff and like satanic stuff, but everything is its opposite. And so the people who are self-proclaimed, and this is just one aspect of it, but the people who are self-proclaimed compassionate people and progressives always describe themselves as compassionate. They are some of the most aggressive and hateful, unempathetic people the people the more you hear someone use the word empathy the less capable they are of empathy that's an observation that that's I've such made. a steven crowder take though well so i don't i don't there's even another so. example of the tolerant left you know you hear that so often like i think that it's okay for people to be angry like about. I don't think it's okay to gloat about a death at no, all no 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 it's fine but, to be angry but if you're going to claim the moral high ground on any issue, then you open yourself up to the prospect of being a gigantic hypocrite when you act in the opposite manner. Like if you say, I'm compassionate, and then someone you don't like dies mm. because they made a choice counter to what you would have forced them to do, and then you celebrate it, that would be the opposite of compassion. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't even really celebrate when people die. I think maybe like, you know, if if Dick Cheney dies, I probably celebrate a little bit, or like just these absolute like if Barack Obama dies, I'll probably celebrate on that day. Yeah, but it's wait, no, very not that. I mean, I meant, I meant that I I don't want Obama to die. It's very few people. It's I want very Obama few. to stay alive. I meant that they don't I, care who I respect it is. The it could sentiment. be some random person who didn't commit atrocities. Like at least I have the stipulation. Like <laughs> I will only celebrate your death if you've committed atrocities. Yeah, involving the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. So who do we have? We got both Bushes, you know, Poppy Bush and Bush Jr., but probably Jeb, too, because he knows what's going on. Yeah, and he's just ugly. So these people are allowed. If you're like the Queen of England when she dies, sure, I'm going to celebrate a little bit. But only those hyper elites would I ever do it for. It's not going to be some random guy I don't know because he didn't get the vaccine and then he died. I'm not going to celebrate that. But they do that. And I'm also not going to be a compassionate person. They are. That's very true. So it's like, yes, I get it. It's a Steven Crowder thing. and But it's because well, the examples also, of this are so widespread. You're not able to verify if they're like individually claiming to be empathetic or caring people. Like you're I mean, just, you're on. lumping them into the ideology or you're lumping them into an empathetic group because they are what? Liberal or... 
progressive or liberal pro vaccine at the very least those like, things tend to coincide very heavily tend to yeah well i, I just a pro mandate if you're pro mandate you're almost unequivocally liberal or progressive that's i don't think that's true um maybe a little neo, more neoconservative i couldn't see an any i have not seen any examples of like high profile people being pro mandate who are conservative unless they're like neocons. Isn't like Trump? Liz Cheney. Isn't Trump pro-mandate? He's not pro-mandate. Ah. He's a grift and he's a Jewish plant, but he's not pro-mandate. He's pro-vaccine. He's not pro-mandate. I know that he's definitely pro-vaccine. And his hands are... He, he, they're normal hands. There's blood on his tiny hands they're, oh. for all of this vaccine stuff because this was all him. You know, I heard a story that... Um, I think maybe even Joe Rogan said it, where he said that he met, or whoever this person was, said that they met Trump and that Trump actually like wears suits that are like too large, mm -hmm. to, like to make him like to slim him, and therefore <laughs> it makes his hands look smaller because they kind of float all about the sleeve. You that, know, that could be yeah, very maybe. funny. I don't funny know. idea, an illusion. It's all an illusion. Trump is an illusion, so that's perfect. Because, <laughs> like, it's fun. Like, he's fun, but he's totally lost the plot. So many of these people lose the plot so hard. It's like, I used to find, even, like, Chomsky, for example, would say something. 10% of the things he said, I'd be like, this dude, nice. He really understood some of the mechanisms of what makes things the way they are in a bad way. Media. But then as soon as this COVID has... has made people lose the plot so hard more so than anything i've seen in my life probably if i was this age during 9-11 i would have noticed the same thing because it's like i think 99 out of 100 senators like voted in favor of the iraq war right am i wrong on that was that I something else truthfully do oh no the the terror act the the patriot act. patriot act that was 99 senators voted yes out of 100 on that act who didn't some woman i forget what her name is but she's a hero. That's what being a hero is. Wow. I mean, you can't really be a hero and be a politician, but that's about as good as you can do as a politician. Sure. Is being the one no on something that's obviously going to create a surveillance state, which it did. You know, and it's only they're only doubling down with the whole domestic terror paradigm now. Well, nine eleven was a domestic terror incident. No, but it wasn't domestic terrorists. Yes, I mean, it, it was. was. That's because, what I'm yeah, saying. Thank you. <laughs> For those who now know. Now you get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was domestic <laughs> yeah. terror. But those aren't the domestic terrorists they want to throw in jail. Yeah. And those are the domestic terrorists that if they got thrown in jail, those would be like basically five-star resort jails. You know, like Rudy Giuliani's not going to a real jail as much as we want him to. Wait, on this note, can we stay on 9-11 for a sec? Just for a sec. I feel like we should do a whole 9-11 episode. But okay, if, fine. If you'd like to say something now and just get it off your chest, you can go ahead. I, I you will. you and I have been doing deep dives into 9-11 the past few weeks. I am an, I'm a big, uh, I'm what you would call a, a big 9-11 fan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I'm buried deep into 9-11. And um, it's because I work for a, what you would call a stark architect which is like a really famous architect who makes really large, important buildings. And he was one of the people um, invited to uh, compete in the design competition to rebuild the World Trade Center complex and kind of like permanently, you know, re 
I, I don't know, reestablish downtown Manhattan and just kind of like change the fabric of New York like forever. Um, and that that's a whole fascinating story in it of itself in and of itself but uh also just like getting so into the the architecture um kind of side of things it kind of reignites the all of the 9-11 questions in my head and I'm like learning a lot about Larry Silverstein who is the leaseholder of you know all the the um World Trade Center buildings and yada yada their insurance battles and all the corruption and you think oh well it actually is not the craziest thing you've ever heard to maybe consider like i i mean it is obvious that people did benefit from from the whole event even you know no matter how horrible it was it kind of just it set the tone for a lot of things that like the government and the and the municipality of new york like wanted to do anyway and kind of couldn't do until 9-11 happened but Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, Dave, that I've been really into Marty Noakes, who's that guy who writes, he writes some um, kind of conspiracy theory themed music. And it's not just 9-11, but he does a lot of 9-11. You guys should listen to Marty Noakes. Music too. Yeah, I found him on LinkedIn and I'm still, Marty, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, please accept my LinkedIn request. I want to collaborate on an album with you. About COVID. That'd be cool. I know. But he wrote uh, a whole verse in that song, I Don't Believe That Man Went to the Moon, which is the first song yeah. on that album called Me either, Marty. Life is a Ride, I think, is yeah, the yeah. name of the album. Incredible album. Uh, streamable wherever you get your music. It's an absolute masterpiece. And so is the, the album art. It's just, it's the graphic design marvel but it is really good but he he talks about the uh the those war games and those drills that were going on which i didn't even know until we watched that documentary and i was listening to the song this morning on on my commute to work because i actually listen to his songs like all the time mm -hmm. like earnestly i think they're really great songs even if yeah, they're, they're so ridiculous fuck, yeah. he's such a good music producer he like he's a talented man who's absolutely just reckless like his content is just reckless but it's so well done that you just have to you have to tip your hat to it uh but yeah he does like a whole thing and i was like just casually singing to the song and i was like oh my god he's talking about those drills like that made that confused yeah. everything and i that's such a huge part <laughs> that nobody huge. knows and that's like provable yeah. Stuff. And I guess I'm being a little too vague right now. No one really knows what we're talking about. Basically, they were doing war games drills for a terror attack on the day of 9-11. For what? The FAA or what? Who are Both they? The, they were all involved. So the FAA was involved in NORAD, which is like the North American Aerospace Defense. Right. So like all the air traffic controllers who were um, communicating with each other and who always communicate with each other were like they had to do this drill with like, you know, fake planes going in, like showing up on their radar and kind of having to like reroute them. Or... And then they don't know while the attack was going on. They didn't know. While the real attack was going on. They had to keep on. asking, is this a drill? Yeah. This is real world. This is real world. The, this is the documentary I watched last night is by James Corbett. And it's specific. It's an hour long doc. It's pretty quick, but it's specifically about the war games. 
He goes into it specifically. On 9-11? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't realize so that. So that one, you should watch that one. The audience I should watch I would love that. to. You go on CorbetteReport.com. I'll put a link in the, yeah. in the show notes. This is for, for the story time with Dave Crew. Uh-huh. You guys got to watch this. CorbetteReport.com. I'll just put a link to the to the um, to that documentary because he just specific. He's got like three or four 9/11 documentaries, but this one is specifically just about the war games. Right. And it's even worse than I thought. Yeah. From that five because we watched a five hour long documentary. Yeah, I mean, was you slept through probably three and a half hours. 9/11, the it. new Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like, a five hour documentary that Tim Dillon uh, recommended yeah. on a podcast. You can't watch that. And not think 9-11 was an inside job and be sincere. Like, one of those has to go. <laughs> you watch that and you think 9-11 was an inside job See, it's and so, you can be sincere. That's the only way you can so be all three much, of those So much of the 9-11 was an inside job rhetoric is all, like, majorly speculative. No, it's not. Other than, well, no, like, on a surface level, right? Like, if you don't have any... Like, now that I've been working with these architects for a year and a half, like, I, not that I'm an engineer by any stretch, but, like, I understand what critics say now when they say, like, the fire isn't hot enough to melt X, Y, and Z, or jet fuel, blah, blah, blah. Like, those claims, I used to think that that was, like, absolute dog shit nonsense. And now, now I'm like, oh, wait, that actually might be true. But then you, you, you know, to not lose your goddamn mind, you have to say, like, or at least I say to myself, yeah, but there's got to be another explanation um, where, you know, the government didn't do it. And obviously it was a real attack and it was like a damn shame. And then, you know, the whole free falling of Building 7, which is kind of like the crown jewel of Marty Noakes' whole album, 9-11 Building 7, is just my favorite song in the yeah. whole world. He's going to play at our wedding. <laughs> Mine and Marty's wedding, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's just there. There are so many things uh, that are kind of specu- speculative. But when you hear the air traffic controller it's only conversations, as no, no. But I'm saying that like there's no concrete evidence for anything except yes, for there is a lot of concrete evidence not, about a lot of things. I know, but when you hear the air traffic controllers being like oh, where did that plane come from? What is going on? What's this? Like, that's real recordings from that day. And when they scrambled jets to, yeah, to follow yeah. the plane that already crashed, which was American 11. Yes, yeah. Like, I don't know. I I hate being so, so um, skeptical about it all because it makes me feel a, a dumb and crazy. But also, um, it's hard to ignore things that come up uh and then just kind of pretend like it's like the story is exactly the same and it's ironclad and and that we have nothing to worry about like it's there's there's too much to consider to just kind of like dismiss it well it's similar to the jfk assassination when you big time when it's basically that the official narrative has way less evidence than the conspiracy conspiracy narrative and could be easily debunked by the government if they were to release certain things. There's certain aspects that they couldn't debunk, but there are certain aspects that they could debunk. Like when people say a plane didn't hit the Pentagon, a missile hit the Pentagon. 
there's cameras all over the Pentagon. They've got footage. They released one video from an obscure from that angle. that one weird angle. Where you cannot tell what the fuck is going on. You can't tell if it's a plane, and you yeah. can't tell if it's a bomb. It just sucks. Why would, the, <laughs> why would the Department of Defense not release the video? It sucks. There's no reasonable explanation for that. You think that, Zero. like, and you think that a five-hour documentary would be, like, really crazy and, like, reiterate the same points over and over again, but it's, like... It's broken down into so many different reasons why it was. They don't like, even get It's to, a five hours. You're not even. Well, basically, I mean, it's a three-parter. It's really three documentaries. And they just put it together. But yeah, they don't even get to the buildings falling until you're like three hours in. We can do. Oh, my God. Good idea. We could do a, um, like a live uh, react thing where we're like picture in picture. And we have the, the documentary playing. And then we're like in the corner pausing it and doing commentary on it. We could totally do oh that. Oh my god, it would be so much fun. Yeah. It would literally take the whole day. It would be like eight hours. I know. <laughs> but uh, it'll snow again, so maybe it'll be a nice snow day activity. That's a good snow day activity. But yeah, there's there are just too many things about uh, 9-11 that suck to think about. And well, that's the other thing is like... Publicly, you can't say that. Like, you can't be like... I think you can at this point. People you, are pretty... I don't know. People are way more open to that than most... You know, like... You, the only person who's going to, for example, with the JFK thing, the only person who's going to go, you you can't say that is like a boomer. Yeah, Like yeah, an yeah. older boomer who's like, I remember that day. That's our president. That, that was a, it was a little, he was a lone shooter. Yeah. It was a magical bullet. He was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How could you kill a gorgeous man? But you talk to people our age and like most of them are like, yeah, I know. Yeah, duh. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was the government. But this is the other thing that, I actually saw, wait, very quick, I saw like a half hour long thing about how they doctored those Lee Harvey Oswald photos with the gun and everything. Mm -hmm. And how, you know, the idea of doctoring a photo back then was like, what do you mean? Like, what are the, yeah, what yeah. is that sentence you're saying? Doctoring a photo? Yeah. Like, like the idea of that was basically impossible. And now it's like, oh yeah, like they basically just made like a little collage and it was a black and white photo. So all you have to do is like scan it again. Well, it's the same with the Zapruder film. There's like... 500 frames missing all they did was literally take out individual frames yeah kind of makes you think about some of that uh so-called hologram never mind <laughs> okay anyway though more but like, you know what more I like hologram <laughs> am i right <laughs> well the 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 technology was more advanced than we could imagine but all I'm saying is, okay, a lot of people... Yeah, but our cell phone is the same technology of like the... The, the spaceship to, that, the, to that the moon. That didn't go to the, moon. to the moon. Yeah. Um, but we can't go back. We can't go back. Um, or the billionaires can't either. I don't believe that man went to the moon. The thing that a lot of anti-conspiracy theorists will say... And I'm using that, like, I am using the, it's basically a pejorative, obviously, at this point, more I so than ever. I think it's a pretty neutral way of saying that. Conspiracy actually. theorist is a pejorative at this point, more so yes. than ever before. Yeah, yeah. So I don't mean to say it, like, we're, we're, we're conspiracy analysts, that's a better way of putting it. But the way that people will say, what, or, or kind I? of, I'm just talking about any of us sure, who sure. do any sort of research into these topics. Okay. Because, like, a lot, a lot, like, I didn't come up with any of these theories. And then some of them aren't theories. Like, it's not a theory. There are a lot of quote-unquote conspiracy theories that they're not theories. Right. You know, they're just like... Yeah. It's not theoretical. Just an idea. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or it's in some cases it's not. It's not like, even a conspiracy. Like not even. <coughs> a, yeah. Something that was conspired. In some cases, it's not even conspiracy. Yeah. Too. <clears throat> but a lot of them will kind of brush off in a broad stroke kind of way, and say you just conspiracy theorists just come up with these ideas to make themselves feel more comfortable because they don't want to believe that random events can occur in the world and that everything has to be orchestrated or that we're just bored <clears throat> yeah. my mom accuses but me of being bored you've heard this before when people say oh you just want you want everything to be orchestrated so you can feel so so because it's too scary for you to imagine just the randomness of the world you've never have you heard this before because yeah, i've heard this plenty of times yeah and the counter to that would be rationalizing like rationalizing awful events. It's a coping you, mechanism. It's especially like noticeable, for example, with the nine eleven thing and doing the deep dive. Well, that's what makes it such a powerful. I had never until recently done a real deep dive until into nine eleven. Yeah. But now it's like that's way way less comforting than a random event. Like random hijackers just attacking the United States. That's way more comforting of an idea than our government did it. Yeah. And elements of our government. And there were, you know, actors within our government who were able to keep such an orchestrated event so, you know, to be able to execute it with such efficiency, get it done the way they want it to be done, have so many people unaware of what was going on, including in NORAD and the FEA. Oh, we're just doing drills today. And yeah. then to be able to bring in people afterwards to cover it up who a, might not have been involved in it at all. The amount of things that would have had to be a coincidence is imp- it's impossible. It's just not possible. It's, it's just not possible. It's yeah. literally not possible. Yeah. Like to you think like what one of the first things that you consider getting closer to the mic. One of the first things that you consider when you like remember 9/11, right? Like if you're not the type of person who thinks about it all day every day like me, uh, you think, huh, it's kind of funky that a bunch of planes were able to just be seen approaching New York and, like, not, get and, that, and not get shot down or intercepted in any way. Like, we, as, as civilians, we're so unaware of the technology that exists to prevent things like that from happening. Like, there's so much technology that exists that that keep that does keep us safe that keeps like you know bomb sensor or bomb um you know detecting technology and you know a bunch of shit that I don't we, even we've know if we have no safe. idea Wouldn't have had to take out one bomb headed towards the united states to say it keeps us safe well no we we wouldn't know that yeah, well we don't know that these things are like not disclosed to Do you us i think they would disclose if they shot out a bomb out of the i sky? think there's a lot of really bad i think that there's a really there's a whole lot of really terrible things that happen in secret that we are truly not told like if we were told all the time of all the, the acts that were like attempted to to hurt us I'm like people would be people would be crazy people are way less i think way less stuff happens than what they tell us all i'm the opposite well, yeah i'm definitely the opposite of you but like in that way but what i'm saying is like there's so much technology that exists to prevent something so horrible um and so like like on like you know you would see a plane it's not like a bomb where it's like you can you can be discreet like they're they're Three planes, four planes. How many planes were there? Three. Four planes. Four, yeah. Um, like that's so many instances. Like, 
suspending belief like for a second you're like okay maybe it's like possible that you can fuck up the whole chain of command with the air traffic controllers badly enough that one plane hits a building right and then you're like how could it be possible that like how many minutes later eight minutes later 12 minutes later like i don't even remember how long like, i think it was like 10 or 12 but minutes like don't later. you think that at that point you'd be tipped off or like you know the powers that be would be tipped off and they'd be like we got to stop that other plane that's heading toward the building but no like another plane hit like it's just uh, look, this is why you gotta watch that corbett documentary i totally it really will. goes over exactly why because corbett brings up the point like anyone who's in the u.s air force if they were you know in a position to do something would have just even if they were disobeying orders you think of the average yeah, they would go rogue American they would... Air Force, they would go rogue. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And stop They it. would go yeah. rogue and they would stop it. That's like, you know, I mean, yeah. you're talking about like, you know, like what, like a 25-year-old Air Force pilot. Hell yeah. Like, yeah. fuck this, dude. I'm going up there. Yeah. They were, the reason they were unable to do it is because of the War Games operation and all the yeah. confusion. And then the diversion with, after the, um, you know, American 11 already crashed into... The South Tower was the first one, I guess. After it already crashed into the tower, that was the first plane that hit. Then they have these, no, wait, it's still in the air. And it's going towards Washington. Right. So they scrambled jets. They did. Yeah. The only jets that were available in the Northeast region, they scrambled them. In and the they wrong were direction. The air, and they were chasing a plane that didn't exist. That right. already crashed. Right. Exactly. So the, the guys who could have actually done something to right. stop it, they were already gone. But the other thing is like... Well, let it be known. I just want to actually make a disclaimer against your wishes. But I want to make a claim that I definitely... Like 9-11 happened. Thousands of people died. Like it was a tragedy. It happened. Like I'm not saying that 9-11 didn't happen. I'm saying that it's too funky of a situation for it to have been totally by chance. Well, like what, what people are doing in investigating 9-11 is looking for actual justice for people who died. Completely. You know? Completely. I mean, like, the idea that it's, like, somehow un-American to be doing this kind of research is, like, again, that's upside down. That's Luciferian thinking. Yeah. But that's what they try to convince people is going on. Right. These people are unpatriotic. They won't just accept what we're telling them. Right. They hate us. They hate you. They think those people deserve to die. You know, they, yeah. they say all that bullshit. It's like, no, 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 no. We want the actual people who are responsible to be held accountable and not be able to have Rudy Giuliani. You know, there's like a clip of him when someone comes up to him and is like, um, fuck, what? He, he left. He wasn't in, the, in Tower 7 where they had their command post. Yeah. He had a whole like bomb-proof room. Like, it, it could, like you could stay in there for like weeks. It was yeah. like fully stocked. There were showers and stuff, like yeah. everything. And he wasn't there. And then when people asked him why he wasn't there, he's... Or, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. This, that's actually unrelated. That's a different sketchy thing that he did. But <laughs> he said the reason that they moved so far off down by the pier to have their operations there is that he said he knew the towers were going to collapse. He said he knew the towers were going to collapse before they did. No one knew the towers were going to collapse because no one expected them to because towers don't collapse from a fire. Towers don't collapse from planes hitting them. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, but when was the last time a tower, a plane hit a tower? 
I mean, you know what I mean? Like if I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. Though. It's happened before. I know, but I'm like equally as dumb as Giuliani, I would say. Still, and I'd be like, if a plane hit a building, I'd be like, that building's going to fall. No, the like, structure was still up and no one expected it to fall. I don't it didn't know. seem like it was going to fall. It's enough. That's Rudy enough for me to be like, I said that he was told that the buildings were going to fall. Right. He well, said that on interviews. I don't... Okay, but told no, no, no. Okay, is a look, strong implication. That's what he said. I'm just telling you what Rudy said. Yeah, but if, if your so advisor people, or your secret service or whatever your protection is... When people is, confronted him about this, people who were like advocating on behalf of the NYPD, they said, why didn't you tell the police and the firemen what you knew, that the towers were going to fall? This is when he was running for president in 2008. And he just smugly smiled and said, I didn't know that. I never said that. He knew they were going to fall because he was in on it. He didn't tell anyone about well, it who because told that, him? the, who the told cat him? would have been out of the bag. No, he, I'm saying he was in on the whole plan. No, but who did he ever say who told him? No. Okay. So it's plausible that someone would have been like like an advisor of his who was in like with the NYPD or fucking... The... Well, why would that advisor with the NYPD not tell the NYPD or the FDNY? They just told Rudy no. and his cronies, you know? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how true it is that nobody expected the towers to fall because I feel like just even if you don't know how buildings work or, or you know, how stable structures are or how they're designed to to survive that kind of impact, like regardless of all of that, like your first impulse would be to think like, these buildings are going to fall. Like, I would not be sticking around that area. Yeah, but if you're a firefighter and there's people in there, you got to go in. But if, Well, of course, you have to go in whether you think they're going to fall or not. No? No. I think you do. I think if Rudy I think it's your has, job to go in no matter what. But if Rudy has the intel, then it's his job to tell the fire department, you're risking all of the lives of these firefighters because the buildings are going to fall. But it's not intel. Like speculating that the buildings are going to fall well it's your speculation that it's speculation you know what i mean and i'm suspending enough disbelief like speculation is that rudy was in on the whole plan like rudy knew exactly what was going to happen that day i don't know all all i know is that larry silverstein larry was in on it too well he you know he's the leaseholder of of all those buildings and and whatnot and he was supposed to be Every morning, he had a, a breakfast meeting at the um, fucking whatever the restaurant's called, like dinner on the hundredth bre- floor, breakfast of is. the Americas or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his wife was like, "Wait, sweetie, you have a dentist appointment today." Yeah, yeah. And every time he has a, an Larry. interview, yeah, he's still alive. He's like ninety nine. Oh God! Every time he has a an interview about it, he's like, "Oh, my wife saved me." From 9-11, I'll never, Clara, I think her name is, yeah. um, I'll never, I'll never, uh, you know, forget that. Thanks. Thanks, kid, for saving me. Oh, you're so smart. It's like, and, and the fact that he bought them at all is so sus because they were so filled with asbestos and removing the asbestos would have cost a billion dollars. And it was never... It was never leased in that way before, ever. Like it was a completely unprecedented yeah, legal agreement. Yeah, they were. He wanted to buy it outright, so instead the the port authority settled on a ninety nine year lease. And it's hard to imagine why someone would 
someone would want that. Like you said, old ass towers. People didn't even like them until they fell. Like no, people had no kind them. of like borrowed nostalgia. Like, oh, yeah. they were so beautiful. They were an icon. They were, you know, emblematic of lower Manhattan and just like, you know, a landmark. Everyone loves them. Like people really didn't like them until after they fell. It was like they didn't know what they had until it was gone. But, uh, that's a point that I didn't Yeah, and then know. he was like, like literally a day or two later, he was like, all right, it's my right to rebuild them. I have a right to rebuild them. That's, that was his quote. Like, it's my right to rebuild them. And I was always kind of like, is that heroic? Like, is that a heroic response or is that like a sketchy response? I think it's kind of a psychopathic response. It might be because some people's impulses are like to take action immediately and say, all right, we got to clean this shit up. We got to put something new up. We got to like, you was know, it as a least it was within three days. So yeah. there's still bodies in there and this guy's oh, like, a thousand, oh, yeah, yeah, 10,000%, 10,000%. Yeah. But it, it is true that in the lease, it does specify that it is his job to plan the, the rebuilding of the towers. Like if that, if, if a tragic event happened, right? Quote unquote tragic. I mean, it was tragic, but you know, not for them. If a if a catastrophic event happened, um, it was his duty, his obligation as the leaseholder to make plans to rebuild the towers. He couldn't just pocket the insurance money because, like, there would be an insurance payout no matter what. And of course, there was famously that legal battle between him and like however many insurers there are like some ungodly amount of insurers that totaled several billions of dollars and the the courts were trying to assert that he was only owed 3.2 billion um for both towers combined and he was like no the the attack was two occurrences because it was two planes so i'm actually owed 7.5 or 7.8 billion or whatever so in terms of like the financial gain and like how much headache he had to endure after the attack like it's hard to believe that someone would want to take that on especially because he was he was like 70 something at the time i don't know i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying to no i'm saying he wasn't entitled to that money at all like he it was in the lease agreement that he if something happened to the towers, he couldn't just keep that money. He had to make an effort to replace the office space. How and much money did he get from that? From the winning of How the... How much money did he get to keep? Well, I don't know what he got to keep. I know what the buildings cost, and it was more than what they what they won in the insurance payout, so... It was more than $7 yeah. billion to buy the building? To build all the, all the properties, including Tower 7 and... Like, so you weren't just replacing the two towers. Like, he had to use that money to replace all the buildings and all the, all, like, the infrastructure underneath, like, the, the Oculus and How everything. What did he buy them for, though? The towers? I, I thought he profited off of all this. Like, he did not. He did not a profit. Lot. No, no. I mean, I don't know if there's, that's correct. there's an argument he did not profit. I think he did profit a lot. We need a Jamie. Yeah. Jamie that. Anyway, another point about 
Silverstein, worth mentioning, he is Jewish. I'm just throwing it out there. I what? just wanted to state that for the record. That's all I wanted <laughs> no. to say for the record. And I'm not, I'm not saying Well, now that I don't trust anything. him. Well, I probably wouldn't either. But it's not his fault. And neither would Whoopi Goldberg. It's a, race. it's a race. Yeah. He's a member of a race. And he won the race. <laughs> oh, he won the race, all right. <laughs> That's another guy I'll probably, like, if he dies, I might kind of go, all right. I don't want him to die without telling his secrets. I want to interview him. I want to say, why'd you do it, Larry? Why'd you do it? Some of them get pretty talkative when they're on their deathbeds. Just like a James That's Jesus true. Angleton. I'll dangle some titties. Yeah. You have any secrets to tell me, Lawrence? But then Silverstein. all they'll say, even if he told you everything, they go, oh, he's old. Yeah. He's making it up. Yeah. He's just an old guy. Yeah. Larry could be like, I'll give you the specific details of everything that went into my decision to take down the World Trade Center. Yeah. And you'd be like, ah, he was old. Yeah. You could record it. How do I know that's even him? You know? Amazing. One other point that I was going to bring up, if you look at Israel when they get bombed by Hamas... They have the Iron Dome. You've seen it before, videos of it. No. Interceptor missiles. This is the missile air defense system. I'm going to look it up. It's like ground-to-air missile defense that we provided Israel with because the United States is kind of a slave nation to Israel in certain ways. Yes. We don't need to get into it right now. There's a lot of Zionists in the, Israel, in the American government, and it's sus. It's really weird. Um, but when Hamas shoots Sounds rockets... real sus. <laughs> Yeah, when Hamas shoots rockets, they're intercepted Whoa. by this automated system of anti-air missiles. Mm-hmm. We gave them this technology, I believe, in, like, I don't know. We'd have to get fact check on it, but I the know 50s. they've had it. They've, they've had it for at least, like, seven or eight years. Yeah. And we only give, we don't give the best of our stuff to any nation. No, we, give them our, our we give them our Walkman. Yeah, we give them our, our, yeah. our B-tier yeah. Not our ATR or like our yeah, A+. Plus. Our Betamax. Yeah, we don't give them the really good shit. And they've had this technology for at least, I think, seven years, maybe ten years. Right, which means we've had it for 30 years. Exactly. Yeah. Couldn't take out the planes? Right, totally. Totally. 1,000%. And then you can't even make a moral That's the argument. Biggest... It's like if they hit the towers, more people will die than just shooting down the planes. That's so the biggest thing. you have to shoot down the Because it's like, it's very easy, like, pre-Patriot Act for planes to have been hijacked i guess like the, i don't think so the i mean it is like things were just kind of like looser and like just uh, nothing like what they are today I think people would bash down the doors and kill those people i think people would take down the plane american citizens that used to mean something we weren't a bunch of facts. I don't know, dude. Like, if you were if you were on a plane that was being hijacked... It only takes one person out of, like, 300 people on the plane to be like, we should go in there. Yeah, but then... And then what? Crash the plane immediately? I don't know. There's people on the, the intercom or something. Maybe they could talk you through it. You're just going to let it happen. Like, so you go, what okay. If the pi- what if they killed the pilots and now they're controlling the plane and they know how to fly a plane and you don't? Like... What do you think they're going to do with it? Your hostages... You've got nothing to lose. And you're telling me, you know, like... I don't know, being in a live they, hostage. I think that their story is that that happened with Flight 93, which, like, they didn't even find debris from a plane from that crash. That crash yeah, that was, sucks. That's another part that sucks to hear. It wasn't... 
Nothing happened. A bomb went off in the ground, and they said it was a plane. Yeah, that, that didn't even... You have, like, hundreds of people being, like... Yeah, they just, like, opened up the scene immediately without... I think that's why they made that movie. What movie? Flight 93. United 93. United 93. Because in that movie, it's, like, people do rise up. We're not going to let you crash this plane. Bro. That's the only one that didn't Wait, crash. I never saw that. And it was just so people can't make the argument that I'm making now, which is, what are the odds that none of the people on any of those four planes said... We're not going to let this happen. We're going to bust down I the door. I think pretty. the We're odds of that are people. pretty great. I think that that's like, the, I mean. So that's how their their cop-out is. No, no, no. That did happen with Flight 93. And you go, but that's the one that didn't hit. And we know for a fact that that wasn't a plane. I mean, we can say that pretty factually. We can't say factually that the plane that hit the Pentagon wasn't a plane because it probably wasn't. Bro, but it, that, it, you can't be definite about it. But Flight 93, there was no plane that hit the ground. So they make these movies. That's like, they got me there. Oh, we got you there, Dave. We made that movie United 93. Remember, those people fought back. So you can't say that. You can't make that argument. Because those people fought back. You know, there's a TV show episode. I forget what. It was like a spinoff of uh, The X-Files or something. And there's an episode from March 2001. So like six months before. And there's an episode where they do a false flag terror attack. On the World Trade Center. Well... With a plane. Okay, so... That's in the Corbett documentary. Yes, and that... Is predictive programming. No, people people write that off as predictive programming. And, like, the same thing happened with The Simpsons. There's, like, an episode of The Simpsons where um, there's a poster of the Twin Towers. Uh, and there's, like, a plane flying into it. And in a bunch of other cartoons, too, it's like The Simpsons is not the only cartoon where that was kind of like illustrated or, you know, quote unquote predicted. And and the explanation that I've heard, uh, you know, defend that, which I kind of like believe or it's believable enough, is that uh, people were terrified of the World Trade Center being hit all the time. It's almost like saying that we're going to bomb the white house like if you go if you go into a lot of movies you know books or whatever it's like it's not like it's an like something that's never been considered before and people were always terrified of the of the twin towers being hit and of the pentagon being hit and blah 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 so like i don't know if that's true it is true but the other thing is is that like a that's one of those like chicken egg situations it's like were people always terrified about that, so they put it in these TV shows? Or did they put it in these TV shows so people would be terrified about that? That's a good question. And then the other thing is, like, when you get into the occultism, too, about those buildings, it's like, I think they were built to be taken down. In a, it, I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like... I don't know. I know I've, I've read a lot deeper. about the architect who... It was who, a ritual sacrifice. I read a lot about the architect who who designed the towers and... He's a Japanese guy. Nobody, nobody really understood his vision. No one like liked it. But he, like the way that he was supporting his design was very like. It was just about like the mightiness of the towers and the mightiness of New York and how how he wanted it to symbolize like pride and and fortitude and all of these things. And I don't know. He just seemed like very sincere and. People hated the buildings forever. Like they're also on eleven. 
you know? 11's a cultic number. Happens on 9-11. American 11. So many numerology things with it. I don't know. That's out there for me. I know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a numbers person. I have a million number well, tattoos. Right, there's three things right there. It's like the tower's making 11. It happens on 9-11. Well, there's a the reason why there were two towers also. I don't know. I, I can't immediately recall all of the info that I, that I ingested about that guy. I'm just saying I think they knew probably for a while that those towers were coming down. They really, they weren't even old. No, but they, they... They were just 30 years old. Oh, yeah, but that's what I was going to say. But I never knew the asbestos thing. Because what's so important about the asbestos thing is that you they were not allowed to demolish the buildings. Yes. Huge, that's, that's huge. That's a huge, huge point. Yeah. So you're telling me Lucky Larry, oh, I'll just buy these, them, them their buildings. Knowing is that, that how Jews talk? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm just knowing, buy that there building. So, so he's gonna buy the building. I hope these buildings don't he's fall. Buy these buildings for whatever amount. <laughs> he's gonna knowing he has to spend a billion dollars. I'll offer dollars, you three dollars. He's gonna spend a billion dollars to remove the asbestos. He's not allowed to demolish them. Well, he was a billionaire at the time. Okay, like, so a billionaire knows money and knows how to make good investments. So he's gonna make the worst investment of his life. Also, the most expensive investment of his life is the worst investment of his life. That's well, how you get to being a billionaire. Also, those insurance, the insurance documents weren't even signed at the time that the towers fell. So you could make an argument that he was trying to prolong the signing of the documents so that he like had no responsibility to do anything, or you know that the the towers were just kind of like up in the air, um, but like the law was like the something about the how do i explain this like if if you were negotiating the contract uh for an insurance related matter and something happens where the documents like immediately are called into question you have to go on whatever the latest version of the documents were and you're like locked into that whether you signed it or not like if you were operating as the owner and the documents, if they were like in the middle of being finalized, not if you were like in early. You would have had to have signed something. Well, you can't be held to a contract if you didn't sign it. No, but there's there's a lot of stages of finalizing and filing well, these maybe, things. Yeah, so earlier date he had signed something. And yeah, yeah. So, but he must have signed something. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of sketchiness with the with the paperwork too but i'm like you know again so dumb the so the whole thing is the sketchiest thing that's happened in american history it it's since, the sketchiest thing i can think of and it keeps me JFK up at night yeah and until no the coof coof our current um covid health crisis the coof yeah what does that mean that's just how you get away with it so they don't flag it oh cool you know there's different things. Yeah. It's like sometimes like, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you later. Wait, give me a buzzword so I can remind you because if you Skittles. forget. Skittles. No. Yeah. Is it about Skittles? No. It's just an uh, aversion tactic. Okay. Because you have to be careful. You oh, like wanna... video game, like yeah, I was explaining yeah, to you exactly. earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's like video yeah. games, exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. in a video game. The government did 9-11 in a video game. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably 
I think we're good here, right? What did we do? Do you want to... It's an hour and 15 minutes. Nice. You want to continue or you want to wrap it up? We can wrap it up. Because I was going to do the thing, the CFR thing, but like I'm not going to do that now. I do this to my audience so frequently that they're so used to it that I tell them I'm going to do blue ball. But I'll do it on the next episode and I'll do that episode really soon. We love edging you. Because one of the nice things is that I can record here now Mm -hmm. at your apartment and I don't have to worry about my roommates. Yeah. We need, to, I don't we need like, to name this studio. <laughs> I don't like, yeah, we got we to gotta name it. Because like, I don't mind recording if you're like just hanging around, if it's you. Yeah. But I don't like recording when my roommates are there no, for various you, reasons. You can be free in front of me. Yeah. And I know I, will, I wouldn't bother you. But yeah, I'll give you a key. You'll have your, you know, Hoboken South. Yeah, Hoboken South. It's a dumb name, but we need some kind of version of that. Yeah. All right, well that's it. We'll call we'll call this World Trade Center building uh 69. <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. WTC 69. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. I love you. Thanks guys. Tell them you love them. I love you. Bye. <laughs>